0: This is a message from the Ministry of the International Baptist Church of Debretson. For more information about our church, visit ibcdebretson.com. Good afternoon, everybody. It's good to be together. I would like to read with you, um, apart from the Bible, from Hebrews 6. So if you have your Bible with you, please look up with me, Hebrews 6, and we read verse 10 to 20 of that. As we heard in the beginning, it's the fourth Advent Sunday and we uh, we focus on hope today. And this uh, this passage is about hope. Hebrews 6, verse 10 to 20. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Peoples were by someone greater than themselves and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. And God did this so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek so I hope you have your Bible with your at least in your cell phone so you have the scripture before you will because we will be referring to this regularly Um, hope gives life that's what we're going to talk about this afternoon and um, I would like to start out with um, a little personal experience most of you may know that I Work in Roma ministry. That's the reason why we came here to Hungary uh, almost 12 years ago to work among Roma, um, more or less marginalized people group here in Eastern Europe, um, mostly living in poor living conditions. I started off working in the eastern part of Hungary among Roma. Then I soon went to Romania as well, uh, Ukraine, and now I'm all over the place in Eastern Europe. I visit Roma communities anywhere, but. The interesting thing is that the picture is is everywhere the same, like people living in deprived circumstances, children walking around barefoot, people hardly having to eat, eat, houses that are almost falling apart. It's such such depravity among Roma. But throughout those years, my uh, one and most important discovery that I made is that the true poverty, it's not so much in in the circumstances or in the the lack of money or things but it's more in in the lack of hope when you look in the in the people's eyes and you see that the eyes are dim there's no flame or light burning anymore in their eyes they're they're just totally numb there's no expectation of life anymore they don't expect it ever to get better And because of that, they will do nothing to make it even better. No hope. And that's what I've discovered is the greatest poverty people can have. No hope means no life. Now, the world that we live in tries to offer us some some kind of hope, like, oh, come on, cheer up. Behind the clouds, the sun is shining. Probably tomorrow will be better, yeah, but maybe not. So we, we hope for good things to happen. We hope that we will find the perfect spouse in our lives. Well, the Bible also has a good, uh, uh, good thing to say about that in Proverbs 29, where it says it's better to live on the corner of a roof than in a house with a quarrelsome wife. But we hope to find the, the best spouse. We hope to find the best job, the highest payment. We hope to become happy and healthy, but it may not happen. the ho- The hope that the world can offer us is always an insecure hope. Maybe, perhaps, but you don't know for sure. Well, the the way the Bible speaks about hope is totally different from that. When when you read here in Hebrews six about hope. It speaks about an anchor. Now, I don't know if any one of you has ever been on a boat, out sailing on a lake or a sea. A cruise. Ah, that comes close. <laughs> my wife and I, we grew up in a village that is on, this, uh, on the side of a lake, so we, we've been going out on the water a lot. Actually, my, my own father had a boat with which we uh, went sailing a lot. The anchor. Is the similar stability? If the, if the ship's in a storm when there are high waves, you throw out the anchor in, in the water, on a rope, of course, and the the anchor provides stability to the boat, even even in in difficult circumstances. It it grasps in the in the bottom of the sea, and the, the boat the boat is stable. That's what an anchor is for, and and that's what hope means, as the Bible describes it. Hope not as something like maybe perhaps who knows no it's it's a certainty it's a stability it's firm and secure now i don't know if anyone um likes statistics well for those who do um hope is in the bible 180 times okay 180 97 in the old testament and 83 in the new testament now, when you look come to look of it, like this is about the division of the Bible, you can see that the New Testament is way thinner than the Old Testament.' It's about a third of what the Old Testament is, and yet the division is ninety seven eighty three. So it means that the New Testament speaks much more of hope than the Old Testament. But that has to do with the fact that the Old Testament is much more focused on, life right here and right now in this world, living your life with God in everyday circumstances, whereas the New Testament much more focuses on life to come, on the future. And in that regard, also much more focuses on the hope that we have for the life to come. If you you want to describe hope based on what the Bible tells us, you could say that hope is some kind of positive expectation that you have from the future you expect good things to happen in the future now in order to say that you need to have some firm foundation for that if if there's no foundation to that hope then it's just like a bit of air it flows away just like that because it, it has no no value no no stability um I don't know if um, if you had have ever heard that uh, advertisement for um uh for investing in stocks, like um we had we had that commercial a couple of years ago in Holland, and they said, Oh, you invest in this company and uh you can make that much profit and uh, you will become rich. And at the end, there was a very quick sentence, you could hardly hear it if you didn't pay pay paid attention. Uh results from the past do not give guarantee for the future. So it was always your own risk because you might invest in this company and from that moment on it went downhill and you would lose your money. Results from the past do not give guarantee for the future. Well, with the hope that the Bible gives, it's completely the opposite. The foundation that we have with our biblical hope is based on the results from the past, what God has done what God has said, and that gives guarantee for the future. In fact, the very foundation for biblical hope is the word of God himself, what he has said, what he has promised, because what he does, what he promises, he will fulfill, and and that is our hope. We have the positive expectation that God will do as he said, as he has promised. That is hope. We we trust in it that that He will not deceive us, that He will not betray us, that He will not lie to us, but that the word that He has spoken is true and that He will fulfill it. Here in this uh, part of Hebrews 6, we read about the the example of of Abraham. Abraham was like a friend to God and and God made incredible promises to to Abraham. You can read about it in, in Genesis 12. When God elects, chooses Abraham, he says, Abraham, I will be your God and you and your descendants will be my people. I will give you many descendants and I will give you this land and I will bless you. Tremendous blessings that God gave to Abraham at that time. Abraham was around 75 at that point, And well, the problem was, Abraham didn't have a son yet. And Still God said to him, I will give you many descendants. We read it here in verse 14. God swore even an oath to him, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. All right, but I I don't see it yet. It took 25 years before this this promise of God to Abram was actually being fulfilled. 25 years. I mean, when we read... The, the chapters about abraham in genesis it's like abraham went from one top to the other in his faith in his walk with god well it was a very stretched out time and Abraham had to wait 25 years for the fulfillment of this promise and here we read verse 15 abraham waited patiently yeah, he did. Well, at some point he was not that patient anymore and he thought that he should be helping God by uh, f- fulfilling this promise himself. And he went to Hagar and uh, Ishmael was born and Abram thought that that would be the fulfillment of God's promise. God said, no, that was not how God intended it. And actually a lot of problems came from this action of Abraham up till the day of today. I mean, the descendants of Ishmael, are now gathered in all the Arabic people that are surrounding Israel, the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's very own son. And up till the day of today, there is still this enmity between those two people. So Abraham becoming impatient and trying to give God a hand in the fulfillment of the promise caused problems for ages, for centuries, for millennia. But eventually, Abraham received. What was promised Abraham kept hoping that God would fulfill what he had said now that's hope holding on to that even even if you don't see the fulfillment yet at the beginning of the service we read a part from um, Romans 8 um, tremendous part is that about the hope we have in God a little before that in Romans 8 and 24 it says in this hope we are saved But hope that is seen, is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he he already has? So when hope is being fulfilled, hope stops being hope, (laughs) because what you hope for has become reality. When you don't see it, still holding on to the promise of God, now that's hope. Now, how, how that works in practice, you can see here in this part of Hebrews 6, when, uh, when Debbie read this uh, part at the beginning for uh, Advent, it said that hope focuses on the future, but it also has its implications for right here and right now. And that's what you see in verse um, uh, 10 and 11 and 12 of this uh, chapter. If you have your Bible with me, please look it up so it becomes clear to you what, what practical implication op- hope has for our lives. So it says, God does not forget your work and the love that you have shown to his people. So that's practical service. Your work, the love you have shown to God's people, that's that's ministry, that's, that's service. And then 11, we want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end. So that what you hope for may be fully realized. So keep on going in this serving in this loving in this in this ministry to the very end so that what you hope for may be realized you you have a certain goal in mind that you're going for and that goal motivates you on the way to keep on going to focusing on that we ask you to show the same diligence to the very end now what what is the very end you think what death yeah that can be or perhaps a more positive uh, thing that could happen before our death when jesus returns exactly because that that will bring an end to any any everything either the end to your own life your own death or the fact that jesus returns and everything here will end show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be realized i mean we don't hope to die soon i think but we do hope that christ will return soon right because then then our hope is being realized what we hope for becomes reality before our eyes now until then show this same diligence keep on going in the good work keep serving keep loving God's people that's hope that's the practice of hope you keep following Jesus you keep obeying his commands focusing on the goal that is before us the day of his return the day of his great glory so that's that's in fact what we hope for for the long term, that Jesus Christ will return. But also for the short term, that in this life, on the way that we have until that goal, that he will be with us, that he sustains us, that he gives us strength for every day, that he, that, that he will show his presence. But for the long term, that we that we will enter in the glory with Jesus himself. When he returns and the suffering here will be over, that life will, will be good forever. I mean... I don't know if you ever think about that. <coughs> what what it would be like? Like no more suffering, no more pain, no more disease, no more medicine, no more arguing, no more people lying to each other, deceiving each other, cheating each other. It it will just be good. Only good. Wow! What? What a joy will that be. No more sin. All will be new. And we will be with Jesus. That that is total restoration that that God promises in his word. And that that is what we hope for. And that hope for, for that future that is coming, that Jesus is realizing, that hope keeps us going right here and right now. So the hope that the, B- the Bible speaks about is not something insecure, like mm, might be. It, it might be that we eventually someday go to heaven. No, it's it's a certainty. And why? Because God promised it. Jesus said so. So it will be. And that very fact that this is the promise of God, that this is what we can hold on to, it, it fills me with, with strength, with with joy, with with perseverance. I keep focusing on him. I, I keep my eyes on him and I walk in his path because I know that that is the only path that leads to life. Verse 11, keep showing this same diligence to the very end. Keep going, keep loving, keep serving, keep caring. Keep showing the world around you a different way of life than what this this world is used to. I said that hope, in fact, needs a a foundation in order to to be firm, to be secure, just like like an anchor needs ground to, to hold on to. The ultimate foundation for the hope that we have, in fact, is Jesus himself. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1 that all the promises that God has are yes and amen. In, in Jesus. Because Jesus himself, he, he is the embodiment of the, the compassion that God has for people. And like I said, in God's kingdom, in God's economy, results from the past do give guarantee for the future. God has been faithful in the first coming of Jesus Christ. God will be faithful in the second coming of Jesus Christ as well. If you want to have hope, then then look, look at Jesus and put your hope in him. Verse 19 and 20 in this passage that we just read, they say, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. Now that's... That's an, uh, an image that refers to the Old Testament. The the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Do, do you know what that is? Where is the inner sanctuary behind the curtain? It's in the temple. The temple had several several compartments. First, you had um, the the square in the front, with the altar on it. Then you had a building with two compartments in it. The first one was the holy, the place that was called the the holy, where only the priests could enter. And behind that was a smaller place which was called the holiest of holies, where only the high priest could enter one time a year. And between those two, there was a thick curtain to to separate this holiest of holies, the place where where God resided, where God's presence was, to keep it closed from and you could not just just like that enter into God's presence. Only the high priest, once a year. And this curtain, by the way, in the temple, it was so huge and so thick. It took around 300 people to carry this curtain. Can you imagine what a weight this must have been? This was the separation between God and and this world. And now here it says, our high priest, Jesus Christ, he has become our forerunner. And he has entered on our behalf, into this inner sanctuary. And that is where our anchor of hope holds on to, because he went there before us. Now this means our hope focuses on on the very presence of God himself, that we are being accepted in God's presence because of what Jesus Christ has done, because of the sacrifice that he, as a high priest, has made for us. Our hope enters into the inner sanctuary where our forerunner Jesus has entered. That is hope. That's what we hold on to. God accepts us in His presence through Christ Jesus. And that's why, why this hope makes us live. This is why we have hope for the future. This hope like an anchor for our soul. I just mentioned something about the statistics of hope in the Bible and I said it's 180 times in the whole Bible. Which book do you think refers the most to hope of all the 66 books we have in the Bible? What do you think? Psalms, exactly. Psalms has 34 times hope in it and um, when you read the, the different Psalms that speak about hope, you, you, you get to know that, that hope can sometimes fade. It can, it can wane. It can sometimes even die. But what you also read in the Psalms is that, that hope can be revived. Hope can be restored. Hope can be fed. And in order to discover that the, the Psalms are really extremely helpful. Um, Especially when you you find yourself in in a situation like that. Like hopeless, dark, no positive expectation of the future. Well, my suggestion to you would then be, go and read the Psalms. For example, Psalm 42, 43. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Do you ever feel that your soul is downcast and weary? Well, tell your own soul, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him. Even when you don't feel like it, if you don't want to, I will yet praise him because he is my Savior and my God, no matter what happens. And through that, you making that step, the choice to praise God, hope is being actually restored. I I would advise you to do do a few things. First of all, speak out for yourself, God, you are my hope. That's not so difficult, is it? Just a few words, God, you are my hope. Speak it out loud for yourself especially in those situations that you feel that your soul is weary, downcast. God, you are still my hope, no matter what. Secondly, list the promises of God that he has fulfilled, either in your personal life or in in, in the Bible. I mean, you will have some work to do that. Make a list of all the promises that God has fulfilled, just to see how faithful he has been. And how firm and solid the the foundation for your hope is. Thirdly, focus on the faithfulness that God has shown in Jesus Christ. All the promises that he has fulfilled in him. And from there on, all the promises that he still will fulfill in Jesus. And fourthly, sing a song of hope. Praise is such a mighty weapon in the hands of the children of God. Martin Luther once said, where believers sing, the devil runs. You want to see the devil run? Well, go and praise God, especially in those situations that you don't feel hope. Revive your hope by praising God. God, you are my hope. List all the fulfilled promises of God. Focus on the faithfulness of God in Christ And sing a song of hope. Psalm 33. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. On those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Would you you call yourself a God-fearing person? I think I am. Are you? God-fearing person? You know what it means to fear God? Well, listen again to this verse. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. When you hope, put your hope in the love of God, that's what it means to fear God. You totally become dependent on his grace, on his mercy on you, in Jesus. Lord, I put my hope in you. That's when you fear God. And you know what? You get the promise The eyes of the Lord are upon you. Amidst of all those billions of people, God sees you. And his favor rests upon you. Why? Because you put your hope in his unfailing love. For this this coming week, it's a special week because we celebrate Christmas, but it's also the the last Sunday of Advent that we have. I would like to give you some practical advice to, to practice with this hope and i um, i printed out seven bible verses that speak about hope and i would encourage you to take this paper this week and read one verse every day one verse of hope for every day of the week so you would experience what it means that god can revive your hope when you actually put your hope on him one verse per day. And not just like, okay, read a verse, uh, done it? okay, done. Read it. Reread it. Read it out loud. Think upon it. Ask what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you through this verse. Pray about it. And then go and do. I mean, one thing that the Bible makes clear is that, that hope is never empty, hope is never lazy. Hope never does nothing. Hope is active. Hope works. So, read your verse for the day. Reread it. Read it out loud. Think about it. Pray and do. And I believe that when you do that, that God will truly revive the hope inside of you. He will give you new sight on Him on his faithfulness and on the amazing future that he's preparing before you and fill you with new strength and new passion through that. Advent is um, traditionally the time of, uh, of expectation when, when you look back to what God did in the past, but also the time of looking, looking forward to what, what God will do. Well, let, let this Sunday, when we speak about hope, let this be an encouragement to you when you look forward to strengthen that hope in what God is doing. The kingdom of Jesus Christ is coming. And if it will not be this year, the last week that we have from this year, then I hope that it will be next year that Jesus Christ actually returns to this world and his kingdom will be seen for all people in this world. The kingdom is coming. Creation and, and humanity will be healed because God said so. So that means that dark days that we have now can sometimes be, be depressing. We, we hear bad news about wars going on, diseases, famines, all these things. Sometimes bad news can strike your own personal life. Future can indeed be uncertain if you put your hope in this world. But that's why biblical hope encourages us to To wait upon the Lord. Because he promises hope will rise. As stars appear when day is dimming. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the foundation of our hope. In you, all the promises that God gave are yes and amen. So that's why we hold on to you especially when we, we feel that we are surrounded by darkness, we have no hope in ourselves, and we don't know what to expect from the future, Jesus, then we particularly hold on to you because you hold the future and your kingdom is coming. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you revive this living hope within us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you renew our sight of you of who you are of what you have done and what you will do you are faithful and you never let go you never let go of me and that's why I hold on to you so Lord Jesus I pray that this service here this afternoon may be an encouragement to each and every one of us to come to you to walk with you faithfully diligently and to listen to your voice hold us close to you lord jesus because you went before us into the inner sanctuary into the the presence of the holy father to have us go there too we thank you for who you are and we praise your mighty name in all circumstances amen thank you so much for lending us your ears and your time today. If your curiosity has been piqued and you'd like to learn more about our church and the work we do, please feel free to visit our website at ibcdebretson.com. Better yet, we warmly invite you to join us in person and experience our community firsthand. We look forward to welcoming you.